welcome back to the White Coat Club. I am Nicole and I'm here with Lindsay today. And we are gonna talk about the changes to the SAT and what you can expect um, coming up soon. So just to highlight a few of the major changes that are coming. This is kind of the timeline of what you can expect if you are taking the SAT soon or even if you're taking the SAT in the next few years. So in March 2023, international test centers will start administering the digital SAT, the new version, which will be in the digital platform. Um, by the fall of 2023, I believe they're aiming for October, all of the test centers will administer the digital PSAT worldwide. So if that's coming up for you, um, you can keep that on your radar. And then by spring of 2024, all U.S. test centers will start administering the digital version of the SAT. So by next year, everywhere in the United States will be completely digital. Um, another major change with the digital platform are the SAT scores will be released almost days later versus the weeks that you are experiencing or you may be experiencing right now. Um, instead of it being three hours, it will only be a two hour exam, which is another major change. And instead of four sections, there will only be two. It will be reading, writing, and then the math section. And another big change on the math section is that you will be able to use your calculator for the entire duration of that section. Now, some other changes too to the SAT is the digital test will allow the College Board to deliver a different test for every student. Um, because essentially they're using something instead of like the linear test that they were using before, they're going to use multi-stage adaptive testing, which I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about later with our pros and cons. Um, but essentially the digital test allows the college board to, to see how a student is performing and then, uh, you know, kind of change up how, what kind of questions they're getting. So the student's performance on the first set of questions will then determine the level of all the subsequent questions that they see. And that's why it's allowed to be a little bit shorter too, just because they're allowed to get kind of to the point a little bit quicker. Um, high schools will also have more flexibility in scheduling tests because it is digital. Um, they're gonna be able to do like individual tests a little bit easier. Um, Cause right now there are really strict protocols on how and when the SAT can be offered. Um, the proctor has a lot more rules that they have to follow too. There's a lot more testing instructions. So this will make it a lot easier for them to be offer, to be able to offer it more frequently and you know in, in a variety of different locations too. Um, and then one thing that's confused a lot of people too is like, what is it gonna be scored out of? It's gonna remain the same. It's still gonna be out of 1600. Um, and we're still gonna have like a math, like subscore and then an English and reading like language kind of subscore as well. So those two subscores aren't going to change and it's still going to be out of 1600. You can score between 400 to 1600. So really not a lot of big changes there. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about kind of what we can expect from the SAT. Um, so Nicole, what do you think are some of the pros of this SAT change? I think there are definitely a lot of pros. Um, in general, I know you just kind of mentioned the flexibility that the schools will have. Um, I have been an SAT administrator. I have been an SAT coordinator for schools. I've been a proctor for schools for years. Um, and there are, like you said, so much, there's so much rigor involved in when the test can be offered, makeup tests, when those can be offered. And 
you know, the college board is pretty strict with the parameters around all those details. So I think, you know, giving a little bit more flexibility for schools and for students is going to be a really big pro. Um, probably a lot more accessibility as for when they can take that exam as well. Um, I think the other major pro for students is it's virtual. Um, as an ADP, um, I'm sorry, SAT <laughs> coordinator um, for the last few years, there's students are just not comfortable with paper and pencil anymore. Um, every student has usually a Chromebook or a laptop at school, and a lot of schools are kind of straying away from that pencil paper format. So being able to do something on a platform where they're more comfortable, I think will um, give a lot of students more of a comfortability factor there. Yeah. And something too that kids might be and parents might be wondering about is like, what device am I allowed to do this on? Because it is a digital format. Do I have to provide my own device? Mm -hmm. Plus, if I don't have a device, like what kind of device is allowed? And so um, students are allowed to bring in their own device. They can use like a, a Mac, a Windows, they can use a Chromebook from like, you know, if it's a school issued or their own Chromebook. Um, but then there are some kids who can't, don't have their own device. They don't have their own um, they can't borrow one from like a friend or family, mm -hmm. they can rent one from my, or like kind of request one from the college board um, for no additional charge. I shouldn't have used the word rent, but they can, they can request a, a book or I'm going to backtrack. They can request a, a device from the college board and the college board will provide it, you know, free of charge. That is, I would say one of, I'm going to jump to the cons. That is one of the cons because like, let's say you are planning to use a device and you know the night before it like wipes out and it crashes you actually have to request that the device from the college board 30 days in advance because they're shipping it to to the location where you're doing the testing and so if you're doing it like at a school or a library where they have like set you know set spots that you can do it at it might not be a big deal but it doesn't really have that flexibility if your device you know dies the day before you can't you can't borrow one you might have to reschedule then. I would say that's that would be one con of kind of that digital digital side of things. Yeah, relying on technology is never never a pro, I don't think. Um, I am in a state and I've worked in a state at high schools where they do their state testing on computers. So I've kind of seen, obviously at the SAT, but I've seen them do state testing. And, you know, at school there are extra computers, which is great, but sometimes it crashes and sometimes the internet's down. And, you know, we always, as school professionals, get a little bit nervous on test days because you really just never know what is going to happen. And there is so much that can happen that it's kind of out of our control when it comes to technology. Um, it is good that I think a lot of students probably have a school-issued device at this point, but they're definitely not usually the highest-speed devices or the latest devices. Um, a lot of times they're not in good shape, unfortunately. So, while I think the students are more comfortable doing work on a computer versus pencil paper, I don't know if maybe the adults in the room are the most comfortable with it being now on a virtual platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would completely agree with that. <laughs> like did a webinar recently between like um, the college board or Khan Academy. I can't remember who was hosting it and kind of like the relationship between the digital SAT and like schools. And that was like a reoccurring fear amongst like the administrators is like, okay, how are we supposed to like learn this whole new platform? Like, you know, we, we have to be able, do we have to be able to troubleshoot things? Like what, what's kind of going to be our role? And that's, you know, 
still, it seems like kind of a, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with that, but yeah, but yeah, the crowd, it's going to be a challenge. The comfortability factor for the, for the administrators and the proctors, um, will be interesting. You know, I know when the last year, when the SAT got delivered, you know, it's boxes and they're locked up and it's a, a very serious, only one person is allowed to have the key to the room where the tests are locked in and pr- the process of pulling them out and giving every, you know, classroom. And, you know, the other thing that I think of, um, which is just kind of jumping is there's a lot of students who may have, um, specifications where they take their tests in a separate setting or, and I'm wondering how, you know, those implications will apply to the digital platform. Um, I'm sure they'll likely be the same, but it's just another kind of thing that has to be thought about when these administrators are planning out test day, because planning out test day, if you're doing it at high school is, is a big, big deal. (laughs) The school basically shuts down um, and only focuses on that. And then you have to go mail them out pretty much directly, you know, from that day. And again, everything has to be locked up. It has to be secured, bringing it over and then, you know, sending it certified. Um, so I know all of that will kind of be alleviated, but it also will bring its new challenges as well. Yeah. And that was one thing that like the college board is kind of saying is one of their big pros is this is going to be just so much more secure because Mm -hmm. we don't have, you know, it under literally lock and key and like be shipping them to these places and then receiving them back. You know, it's going to be a lot hopefully more secure. They're going to have their own like propriety, propriety, their own, they're going to have their own platform. Essentially. I think it's called blue book if I remember properly. And so every student will have to download that onto their device before the exam. So they can Mm -hmm. access the, the, the test. And, and that's essentially how it's going to hopefully be a little bit more secure. We won't have to be dealing with the paper um, being mailed back and forth. And one thing I didn't read a ton about accommodations yet, but one thing I did see is like, of course, if students still need to take a pen and paper or a pen mm-hmm. or pencil exam, they still can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw stuff about like, you know, increased time for certain learners, like English learners, they will get like time and a half. Um, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they've thought about that at, at length, but, you know, it is going to be an interesting thing to kind of see how they're going to be able to accommodate all these accommodations. Yeah, I'm wondering if the time limit for them requesting or for for families to request accommodations for the test is going to be longer or shorter or, you know, what that processing time looks like or will look like in the future. Um, Because I know right now you have to request pretty far in advance. Um, I believe it's 60 days. Um, So we'll see kind of what what happens there. Um, So what about the time length? You know, two hours or three. I'm not really sure that I feel that's a huge pro or con. Yeah. So that essentially comes back to like the multi-stage adaptive testing because essentially they can kind of hopefully weed out like those outliers, the ones who are scoring really low and really high. Um, You know, they're getting the really high test takers are getting questions that are too easy for them. And the kind of low test takers are getting questions that are way too hard for them. And so the SAT is able to you know, not make assumptions about the student's abilities, but they'll be able to test it a lot quicker because whenever we were using the old SAT, it was the linear test. Every question was kind of set in stone. We had to have all those questions because we could never make assumptions um, about about the student and what their abilities were. Um, And so this like one size fits all testing model was how it had to go. And so we had to have that three hour exam so that we could accommodate all those different like testing abilities. 
And so the hope is that the adaptive test model will kind of adjust that difficulty of the questions. And so when I was kind of pitching or discussing this really with my students, like my younger students, my freshmen, sophomores, even some, some juniors, um, you know, about the SAT and the changes that are being made, um, that was kind of their fear. They're like, well, I heard that, you know, if you answer the first question correctly, the first few questions correctly, it just gets harder, harder, and harder. So I'm going to have to work way harder for my, you know, 1500, my 1600 than, you know, a kid maybe who didn't do so well in the beginning. And that's not, that's not going to be the case, which is a good thing. Um, essentially they'll, they'll just adjust the difficulty of the questions based on how you're performing. And so those, those adjustments essentially will help ensure that you are giving like the appropriate level of difficultiness. Um, and so of course nothing is perfect. So I could see it definitely being a pro because of course you have like a shorter test. You don't have to sit there for three hours, but then, you know, it's, it's still like a platform. It's still, still technology and things, things can go wrong. And so, you know, that could potentially backfire. I'm not sure like what the likelihood of that is. It's probably really, really low. Um, but it is supposed to have like a tighter targeting to kind of understand what the achievements are of the students. Mm -hmm. The college board is saying, of course, it's going to be a win-win um, because this shorter test is supposed to be just as accurate. Mm -hmm. as well. But who who knows how true that is um, until we've seen like a bigger case study. I think it will also help with students that um, suffer from test anxiety and, um, you know, they're not walking in to a three-hour exam and, and thinking about that. They can say, okay, it's only going to be a two-hour exam and that will kind of make things a little bit more relaxed for them. I've worked with a lot of students and, you know, the morning of the SAT, they're coming into school and sometimes they're in tears, just anticipating sitting there for that long um, and taking an exam that they're just really worried about because, you know, it's a huge determining factor for their future. And, you know, test fatigue is also a real thing. Um, and if they are starting to feel like it's getting a little bit difficult and they still have X amount of time left to keep going, you know, it's just, it's usually downhill. Um, we've had students midway through the test, unfortunately, you know, are breaking down. So I think the mindset of them only going into two hours versus three could be a big difference for, for that student. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings up an interesting idea too, about like test anxiety and like mm -hmm. test, I guess like overall like test prep, because one thing that it's not always true for every student, but what I always say like to students is like, um, cause I've been an essay, I should have led with this, but I've been an SAT tutor since like maybe 20, 2016 or so, right. When it got its old redesign, um, and came, became a little bit more like the ACT, um, and it was one thing too, that I felt like if students did prepare and do more SAT prep, they, their anxiety kind of went down because they understood the exam a little bit better. Um, and so that's going to be an interesting idea too. If like, you know, for example, kind of going back to kids who don't have their own devices, don't have a school day device um, versus a student who does have their own laptop at home um, or even like a school issue device, they're able to get a lot more practice in. And so will they benefit more from that, most likely just because it is a test where more practice and like more evaluation of how you do helps you to do better. And it's always kind of been touted as a, an exam that kind of favors, favors the wealthy who can afford test prep, who can afford to do more, more of those kind of preps, who can afford to do more, um, you know, take the test more times. So it'll be interesting if this lowers the gap, you know, between the wage gap, essentially between the more wealthy and like the less affluent students, 
or if it still kind of remains the same. Um, I can see a world where it makes it bigger too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you think know, so, unfortunately. I'm, I'm curious, someone with a brand new computer versus someone with, you know, a three or four year old use something from school that they have, you know, will it go faster? Will it work better? Will it, you know, be spinning or time you out or, you know, all of these different factors that we just don't know yet. I'm not sure, you know, cause that can get frustrating. Yes. And just like the comfortability too, of like knowing your own computer, like, you mm-hmm. know, whenever you first use like a new computer, like if you weren't, if you never use a Chromebook before, or if like you, for some reason were using a Mac and you'd never used a Mac before, you'd be like, okay, what's kind of like, where is everything located? And it's not yeah. maybe this won't be as big of a deal for our like more like digital native, like, <laughs> yes, like our gen- digital generation. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not, but I could see it like for some students, you never know, like they could, could just not be as, as like intuitive with digital technology. And so it could be at like a slight disadvantage too, for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I think one way too that I think can be a pro and especially for kids who's like, you know, English or like English is their second language, or if they're just not as strong in reading is the reading section is going to be significantly Mm -hmm. condensed. Um, And so before on like the SAT, we would have like a page, a page long passage. And so these passages, a lot of the times from, from like the 1900s or 1800s or before, um, sometimes we're super dry, like, you know, not really all that exciting, like kids didn't really care about these topics. Um, and so that's, I think going to be one of the big advantages is instead it's going to be, I was, I was looking at some of like the, the digital, like SAT sample questions, um, they're going to be really short. Like they're honestly like one little tiny paragraph and then you'll have one question and then you move on to the next one. And then that's a whole other little like tiny paragraph that you read and then you answer a question there. So instead of having to go back and like, you know, having all these different reading techniques about like, okay, should I skim? Should I be annotating? Like, you know, how can I, should I answer the questions first? Like what order should I answer the questions? Like, you know, there was all these different like SAT strategies that kids would use and that we would teach in like our SAT classes. I mean, that's going to be completely different now because the, the format's completely different. We're not having to read these really dense, heavy passages. So, um, and what the SAT, like college board is saying too, is they're going to make the passages a little bit, a little bit more interesting. They were saying, um, you know, a little less dense, a little bit less, you know, about things that kids maybe don't care about so much, you know, of course it's still the masses and people obviously won't always care about things, but it it should be hopefully a little bit easier to read. And we're not having to go through all these like really heavy passages. Yeah. Yeah. They're heavy. And a lot of the times it just goes really over the student's head and they're trying to engage with it. And it's just not, I've seen so many students who are prepping at school and they're just, I don't even know what this is saying. And they, unfortunately, sometimes they can't overcome that first barrier of understanding generally what the what the passage is about that they can't, when they get to the questions, it's just, it's not clicking and connecting for them. And it's frustrating. Um, so hopefully that could be the case that they're a little bit, you know, less dry. 
Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They they really were 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 really boring. And then like there was like language that kids wouldn't necessarily know. And whenever the SAT did go through the redesign and like I think it was 2016 or something like that, they they did kind of cut out like the SAT language, the SAT vocab that was kind of infamous beforehand. But you know, it was still still kind of hard for kids to understand sometimes. Um, and in this new SAT, they are going to be asking really similar type questions. Like, you know, it'll still be like, what's the main idea of this text? Like, which, you know, supports their hypothesis or, um, you know, what still like looking at, um, graphs and charts, charts and things like that. You know, it'll still be stuff that kids are, um, being tested on like the same things essentially. And so they'll have to use similar skills, but I think it will be asked in a way that is going to be more digestible to, to teenagers. We could hope. Yeah. Yeah. I do think one of the pros that I'm excited about are the faster results for mm-hmm. the scores. Yeah. Um, I feel like when we're helping students kind of decide, will we take another exam? Will we take an ACT? You know, what is our plan here? sometimes we're waiting for those first scores to come back to really decide the rest of the student's test plan. So if we can have those scores back almost immediately, I think that's a great, a great thing. You know, then it gives them an opportunity to sign up for more tests uh, if they need to, um, even prep more. I know sometimes students are, you know, they prep and then they take it. And then usually in the window of them waiting for the score, they're not continuing to prep. <laughs> I can tell that students that I've worked with specifically. Yeah. Um, so if they have that score back almost immediately, it'll give them a little bit more of a window for prep um, and planning. Yeah, I completely agree. It will just, I think, allow them to do everything a lot quicker, mm-hmm. a lot more efficiently. So they're not having to start from the beginning and like kind of re, rebuild up that momentum that they had. Yep. So they can get it real quick. Yep. Um, and I don't know if this is a, pro that the students will think is a pro. <laughs> I think sometimes they they take it and they leave and they big sigh of relief and they're thinking, I don't have to worry about this for six weeks or eight weeks. And it's just kind of off my mind. I don't have to worry about it. But now unfortunately they may have be having to worry about it, you know, in a couple hours once they get that score back. Um but from our point of view, I think that it's definitely a pro. Yeah, I agree. And I know for like the whenever you're applying for dental school, you have to take um like a, you know, a similar to the SAT, um, mm-hmm. you can see your results, like before you even leave, like mm-hmm. you take your exam and your score pops up, which seems really scary. I kind of agree. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, it's so nice because then you can go home. And I think maybe the GMAT, the GRE the GMAT. does that too. Yeah. When yeah. I took the GRE, it was the same. I had my score. The second you hit submit, yeah. you're almost like, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to pop right up. So yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's nerve wracking because you know that, but it's also in the, in the bigger picture, I think it's a pro. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Just helps you like kind of make a game plan. Like, you know, am I going to be wasting my time on, on these applications or make like wasting my time still studying for it or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause some students will still study. Meanwhile, they, they have their, you know, high score that they're going to be happy with that they didn't have to spend those extra six weeks studying or vice versa. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I guess like another pro too is the calculator can now be used on every single math yes. section. Yes. I think students will be happy about that. I think proctors will be happy about that yeah. constantly. 
you know, walking up and down, making sure, you know, why is your calculator out? Should your calculator be out? You know, making sure everyone's on the same page. So. And just like before too, students can bring their own calculators um, Mm -hmm. that are approved from the list and, you know, it it should hopefully be really seamless. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I was thinking about, and I, I didn't dive into this and like do any research into it. Do you know if like your students are allowed to have like a scratch piece of paper? I'm sure they are for like, you know, showing their work. I tried to look that up actually when I was on their website, but I didn't see anything about it. Um, I would hope so because I also, I, we can definitely identify the fact that some students are, you know, visual learners and some students just need to kind of work things out on paper. So I'm sure that there would be the option for that, but I'm also curious because we collect that scrap work and send it back Wow. as well. Like when we send in the SAT you know, it's collect the scrap work is collected. It's not like we just throw it in the garbage. So I'm not sure if that will be a component of being something that has to be sent back. And I'm also curious, you know, with the whole digital platform and they have to download the app on their computer. I'm wondering if the schools themselves will receive some type of flash drive or something that that's how they can mass upload. I know there's a way to like mass upload to school issued devices. So if every single, we get a new app at school, we can like mass download it to every device that's under our network. So I'm curious, Mm -hmm. I'm really not tech savvy like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious if it's gonna be something like that. And then, you know, maybe we will have to send scrap paper back. Yeah. I'm not really, I don't know if they've released that information. I haven't seen it. Yeah. One thing I did see about like, at least the reading passage in general is there is the ability to like do annotations like on the on the mm-hmm, screen. Mm-hmm. I believe take notes on the screen, but like it's a completely different thing to like write a few notes like you know in this you know annotating something the reading passage versus like you know writing out your work on the math um mm-hmm. on a math you know even if you have a little pen and paper on on a digital version it's really hard and like cumbersome to do that with the trackpad like there's no way. Yeah. So, if you're just trying to do scratch math. Yeah. Yes. It'd be so hard. So I'm, I'm assuming you would, but that would be something kind of, I would think really interesting to, to make sure and to know that that is, is available, but what the yeah. project do with it after is a, is a really good question. And I'm hoping that the new use of calculator on everything is not to make up for the fact that they shouldn't have to do scratch math or because yeah. sometimes students still need to just work it out in their head. Yes. You know, they're more of a visual learner. They have to kind of draw it out and write it out versus just plug it in. Yeah. And one thing I read too, about like for the, um, one thing I read was about the, like the word problem questions in the math, those apparently too are going to be a little less wordy and a little less mm-hmm. like, um, complex just to accommodate more of like our English learners, like our second, um, ESL learners, because, um, it is, it is kind of really challenging. I was working with one girl who um, English was not her first language and the word problems in the math were like her biggest trouble points. She just would like look at them and her eyes would glaze over. And so hopefully for like, you know, students like that, it will, it will help just make everything a little bit easier. Yeah. I would hope so too. Um, Cause they are, they're pretty lengthy, you know, it, this is math and I, they're already reading a lot and they're, you know, kind of overwhelmed. And then now we have to read even more and try to figure out what they're even asking you to decipher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, 
Any How other do you feel about the score? I know you mentioned it a little bit. The score be unique for each student. Um, you know, they can get to the same score, but just kind of in a different way, depending on how they're answering those questions. Yeah. I'm curious about, you know, not only how it's going to work for the students, but how the colleges will kind of interpret those scores. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good question. Um, no, at this point, I don't know if, if I have a good answer for it, unfortunately, but I, I mean, I do think that it will be good on the students end that we do have like more flexibility. Um, we work a lot with like BSMD students here and mm -hmm. I always tell them like, there's no one right path to medicine. And it's the same thing kind of with the SAT is like, you know, there is not the nice thing of hopefully about this, like kind of, you know, variable test is not the linear test is that you could, could get there to the right answers in like a lot of different ways or like the score that you need in a lot of different ways. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it could be, could be a positive. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I'm curious to see the first round. Um, I think we'll have a little bit more, you know, if they're saying it's going to be the um, spring of 2024, you know, a lot of our 2024 grads will have already test or a lot of our 2025 grads will have already tested by the spring of 2024. Um, so I'm curious whether they're going to hurry up and finalize their test scores before it's complete before their school or, you know, their county, their state goes digital. Um, I've had some families already asked me, should we be testing now? They're freshmen, should we be testing now to, you know, keep the the new version? But eventually they will be kind of having classes who some are coming in with the new, some are coming in with the old. And I'm curious how they will kind of navigate the all those different types of scores coming in. Yeah. And I think that that ultimately is like the con, a big con of this is just how schools are going to evaluate evaluate these and look at it if they are going to give more weight to the old SAT versus the new SAT um, mm -hmm. it's it's so hard to say I don't I mean I personally don't think so because it's not fair to penalize a student who who didn't take it but yeah. we never know but I don't I don't think so personally but um it'll be interesting too to see if like school I mean I guess they could know based on when you took it then they would know you mm -hmm. did the digital test but even now um like I hadn't been, I wasn't aware of this, but like a lot of the digital tests are available right now. Um, some, some places are already offering it. Mm -hmm. uh, my area, there was like five testing centers, you know, within, within 10 miles, even that, that offered it. And so you could look in your area if you were more interested in the digital test <laughs> and you could take that one to start rather than the pen and paper one, which I think is interesting that even now you could be doing it. You have the option. Yeah. I think by the, by the spring 24 is when they have to be. So, um, it'll definitely be a slow start in some areas versus maybe, others. I believe you mentioned this, but the PSAT this year in 2023 will yep. be all digital too. So that would be mm -hmm. like a good precursor and like a good test for kids who maybe haven't taken the SAT or ACT mm -hmm. you have to see, is this, is this right for them? Like, you know, how it'll work. I think it's smart for them to push that out first. So like you said, it gives people the opportunity to take a little practice and see what's going on. And then, you know. I know we plan to talk about the ACT, you know, yeah. what's going to happen there and will more students be drawn to that versus taking the SAT um, or will it be the opposite? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. That would be the um, question. I would, I would kind of think that in the first year, I think maybe more kids will be like, oh, I know the ACT. I'm going to stick with that. 
And then after that, I think people are going to be like, take a two hour exam. I'm not sure how long the ACT is, but like, you know, mm-hmm. take a two hour exam versus even like a two and a 40 minute exam. Like, mm-hmm. like two hours mm-hmm. and so I feel like I could see it, the SAT going, becoming more popular than the, than the ACT, which is probably why the college board did it. They want people to pay for their exam and take their test over, you know, their competitors. Um, yeah. I mean, so, because go for it. Um, I mean, when I was taking the exam, no one took the ACT back then, (laughs) um, you know, it was kind of a new thing and, you know, my high school wasn't offering it and I didn't go seek it out. I took the SAT at my school. I took it another time, not at my school. Um, and no one was really doing that. So I think, I think ACT has gained so much traction over the last few years that is probably a big reason why they wanted to be the first to turn over this new leaf. And then the other thing that I think of is, you know, North Carolina right now where I am, um, and it's different in every state is an ACT state. So every single student has to take the ACT. Um, it's offered in March. Usually, um, there's a specific day that we have it at our school, um, in our district, in our County. And even if you miss it, you have to make it up and there's a lot of parameters around it, you know, but will I, as a student in this state, seek out the SAT at a testing center because I want that digital test? I will still have to take the ACT, but will I stick with the ACT and maybe take that another time at a testing center or will I seek out SAT instead? Um, So I think it brings a lot of decisions for families and for students. Whereas I think now most of the students that I work with in the state they know they're going to have to take the ACT. They get it once for free at school. So they prep for that and they take, maybe they take it once before, maybe they take it once again after, you know. Um, so now they will have a bigger choice to make, I think. Yeah. And I think that poses the question too, if like kids are wondering which ones they should sign up for. Like if they mm-hmm. if they do have the flexibility or their school like doesn't really offer it or they want to get it done beforehand, which one they should take. Um, and my advice is going to be the same as what my advice is now is to do a practice test with both because like on the college board you can find like a digital uh, SAT practice test I think they have like three or so up so far and I'm assuming they'll get more and more up as well Um, and so that will be kind of interesting to see what that exam is like um, or you know what what kids are are liking about that and then they should also do like an ACT practice test that's going to be like the printed printed version mm-hmm. um, and see which one kind of fits their style. Now they're going to be really different. Um, I feel like the SAT was, was really similar to the ACT. Like when they did their redesign, the timing was like the biggest change. Um, and actually I meant to mention this before in the pros, I think that's going to be a big pro as well is students are going to get more time per question now to answer each one. Um, the ACT is definitely quicker than the SAT. You have to be just mm-hmm faster. And the SAT was, I think, a little bit more dense, but you got a little bit more time. Um, and now the SAT, I think, is going to be a little less dense and you get a little bit more time. So mm-hmm. I think that might even continue to give the edge to the SAT. But once again, yeah, because ACT, those four sections and this boom, 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 it's yeah. so fast. So I mean, again, as a proctor, you know, you're putting the time on the board and you're, and you see students look up you know, and their jaw almost hits their desk. Like, how do I only have that much time left? And, you know, it's really, really stressful. And knowing that they have that same thing four times over really, really fast um, yeah. is is stressful for them. And they almost come out like, oh, 
Um, and they felt like they should run a marathon. Um, so I think that that'll be a huge, if the students can wrap their head around that change, I think that they'll, they will have the preference for the SAT. Yeah, I think so. That's kind of my, my thought. So it will be interesting to see what the ACT does, like in, you know, in return almost, um, cause of course. I feel like one yeah. team, the next one makes a change a year or two later and then yeah. vice versa. So the ACT is available digitally right now, um, but only in certain areas and only like if your school or your state kind of has those like testing facilities. Mm-hmm. I haven't really, I mean, I don't, I don't specifically ask my students, but I haven't really heard of too many kids taking a digital ACT before. Um, and so like that's, that's going to be of interest if that increases in popularity too, if they push that out more, if they completely redesign to kind of match what the SAT is doing. Um, if I've only ACT- experienced it with students with accommodations. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I um, really the option if they have a specific disability that requires them to um, do it digitally, but I haven't had the experience as a, as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, and if it be, does become more popular or if they, you know, get rid of one of their, the science section, for example, mm-hmm. they get rid of one of the math, who knows? So it will be interesting. Or even if schools like end up preferring the ACT over the SAT, or if like, you know, you get your 32 and an ACT, does that look a lot better than like a 1400 on the SAT? So it'll be, mm-hmm. it'll be kind of interesting to see. Yeah. How do they determine those scores mm-hmm. with this new? exam. I guess that kind of brings us into our next um, kind of thought, you know, so many schools during COVID and after COVID were test optional. And, you know, what I think a lot of them now at this point, this will, they've announced that this was going to be their last year of test optional applicants, a lot of them. So, you know, now with all these changes, are they going to stick with that plan? Are they going to avoid that plan? Because they're, you know, going to account for the learning curve or, you know, especially, you know, obviously we work with a lot of BSMD schools. Um, How will they handle that change? Will their requirements for admission change based on what tests you're taking? Yeah, that is going to be, I think, the most interesting thing about like if more schools will go test optional less. Um, I I have no clue. I kind of think that it will probably stay about the same, to be honest. I don't really see a ton of more schools switching. Um, I know we're kind of rolling out a lot of those, like, you know, we're kind of test curious almost where like they're, or test optional curious where they're seeing how it goes. And it seems like it's going quite well. Um, I think school's kind of like going test optional because then once again, it kind of comes down to the business side of things. They're getting more applications yeah, from kids who've got like a high GPA, who've got good extracurriculars, but maybe their SAT score wasn't that good. So they're like, well, if I go test optional, I've got a chance at, you know, some of these high rolling schools. And so um, I think that that could be kind of of interest. I I would, I would bet that a lot of schools will go test optional. And then there's some states, you know, where it is, it is more common for them to be, Mm -hmm. to require tests. Um, But I kind of think it will probably stay pretty consistent where we're at right now. I think if like, if there is any hiccups, like the first sight of a hiccup, um, I think more schools will just say, we're going to continue the test optional for now until the curve, the learning curve is a little bit more solid. (laughs) Um, And I think that that brings us to like another con where like 
is this technology. Like whenever we had the AP exams in like 2020, 2021, they're mm-hmm. all administered online and that's administered by the same company, the college board. Mm-hmm. And some kids had no problems at all. And then some kids had so many technological problems, like where things weren't submitting, where they, you know, they weren't able to move forward. Like there was a ton of just issues mm-hmm. for on technology side of things. Um, and so I was reading a little bit about like how the college board plans to combat this. And of course, like I'm sure they learned a ton from like their earlier mistakes. But one thing I did read is like, if there is like a network issue or if like your device, cause we are using devices, like, you know, if your battery runs out or like if there's a malfunction, the, the blue book kind of program saves like continually. So you can re log in or, you know, repower your mm-hmm. device or kind of happens without losing your spot, without losing any work, which is good. Yeah. And most importantly too, like, let's say your computer's down for, you know, three minutes because you know, it, it, the network's down or whatever, you don't lose that time. Mm-hmm. Your time stops. And then whenever it comes back, you get that time back. So, or like you, 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 the time restarts essentially. So that's both like, I think a pro and a con. Um, I think that college board is trying to accommodate for any potential, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Use, but you can't do everything. And like, you know, Oh yeah. Like I'm sure they're, yeah, I'm sure they're prepared. You know, they wouldn't be <laughs> rolling it out if they weren't, if they hadn't thought about everything, but there's just always the what ifs. The what if, yeah, it's still going to happen to someone. So, um, yeah, I think it will go a lot smoother than it did for the AP exams, especially like in 2020, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that was really slapdash together, but this one, yeah, they've had time. They've definitely That was time. a rush. And that was, you know, not wanting students to lose the work that they had worked so hard on, you know, all of those months prior to March. Um, I remember when that happened and it was definitely stressful uh, having worked, having working remotely out of school, trying to help these students navigate this whole plan. And yeah. Um, it should go, it should go a lot better. They've had, because this has been kind of a rumor for years. Like, is the digital SAT going to happen? Is the SAT mm-hmm. offered at home? Like, is the, you know, when is it going to change essentially? And so these rumors have been around for a long time. And because mm-hmm. SAT, the college board have been working on these changes for quite some time. So I really do think that they've smoothed out a lot of issues and it should run, yeah. you know, mostly seamless. Like I believe like the MCAT, it sounds like the GRE, GMAT are, are offered mm-hmm. on too. So obviously these kind of exams are offered virtually and I'm assuming yep. they probably used a similar technology and kind of learned mm-hmm. my mistakes there. So hopefully it's, it's pretty seamless. Hopefully. I think it'll be overall positive. Mm-hmm. I think the first couple of years might be a little bit of a curve. Um, yeah. I think the biggest curve that I'm curious about, like we kind of mentioned before is will the SAT requirements stay the same, you know, the score requirements for a lot of these programs. Um, and will it make a difference? You know, when you're submitting your score, when you're self-reporting on your applications, will you be indicating old or new? Um, I think like when I, I was kind of in the year in high school graduation where it changed from 24 to 16. So you have, you absolutely had to indicate, you know, which test you took, you know? Um, so I'm wondering if they will have any implications or if they'll want that data of, you know, specifically was it virtual or was it not because you know right now like you said some students can take it virtually so I don't know if the date specifically but I don't know if they'll want to know the format um and I'm sure look at it on the score report but how that might impact their score how it's viewed by the schools too that will will be I think the biggest 
the biggest variable too. Um, just for like, especially our like direct med BSMD students, they are so like hyper-focused on their scores mm-hmm. uh, or in their sophomore, junior year, whatever year they kind of handle it or sometimes even their senior year, but hopefully not. Um, and that's something that they really have to obsess about because you have to be scoring, you know, ideally 1500 or above, but you know, you can be scoring in the 1400s. Um, and not a lot of these programs are test optional. There's only like mm-hmm. seven, 10 or so that are test optional. And so having these SAT score minimum requirements met are really, really important to them or ACT minimum requirements mm-hmm. are important. Um, and we did see some uh, programs like lower their SAT or ACT requirements. Like for example, um, the College of New Jersey, TCNJ, they always required like a, I think it was a 34 on the ACT and a 1500 on the SAT. I can't remember where their SAT ACT score is at right now, but now their SAT requirements are 1400. Mm-hmm. So that's like a big drop down. Well, not yeah. a drop down, but it is like a significantly easier with some preparation and work, easier like goal to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will change, you know, how many kids can apply to these programs and you know what's going to happen. So it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, once we continue to kind of almost stabilize like throughout COVID and like, you know, how testing has kind of changed and learning has changed. Like if those requirements will go back up, if kids, you know, continue to take the SAT or ACT and, you know, what kind of happens with that. Um, I believe I read too that the SAT did have more test takers from like last year to this year Mm -hmm. drop off in the pandemic. But now that everything is starting to level out a little bit more, it seems like it's staying a little bit more consistent, maybe a slight increase. It'll be interesting to see kind of where we're at in three years, four years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it'll have the biggest impact on, you know, the class of 2024, but 25, 26, 27, I think you're going to hit, feel that impact a lot more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're definitely going to be taking the brunt of it. And as the ACT probably moves to respond to, that's going to add another ring to things. So it, it will be interesting, like if, if the SAT will have like less importance in the process too, mm-hmm. uh, or stay the same, of course, it's like still going to be a holistic process for, for college. It athletes. does have a lot of weight now though. I mean, with, if you think about all of the factors of the applications, the interviews, the essays, the supplemental essays, you know, the even short response questions, um, you know, it's just one piece of it, but it does seem to have a big piece of the pie with mm-hmm. all the other things involved. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like let's use like Hofstra's BSMD program as an example. Um, yeah. I think they're like GPA is like a 3.7. Mm-hmm. Um, look up what their minimum SAT score is really quick, but you know, they have a minimum SAT, ACT score. Um, and if you weren't meeting them, let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, yeah, 3.7 GPA, 32 on the ACT, 1410. I was going to say, I think it's a 1410. <laughs> yeah, 1410. Um, they get about 2,000 applicants each year. Mm-hmm. And they also require the CASPER test, which is like a situational judgment test that I'm sure we'll talk about later in some podcasts. But um, the, out of their 2,000 applicants, only about 500 of their applicants are actually meeting their minimum requirements. So that mm-hmm. means like GPA, SAT. Casper, like those types of things. That's a huge portion. Like, you know, huge. I always huge. tell kids, it's like sometimes these numbers that you're seeing of kids that are applying to, you know, top universities and top, you know, programs or really any BSMD program or, you know, DMD program, the direct dental programs, 
the numbers, you know, aren't really an accurate representation of who's actually qualified to apply. Some kids might have like a 1300 and be like, well, I'll just see what happens. Like, you know, what's the worst that happens? They throw your application right in the trash. Essentially, they're not going to look at you. Um, even if you are really awesome, a lot of these programs, if you're not meeting those minimums, you're out of the running yeah. immediately. So yeah, yeah those, those are huge hurdles for kids to overcome. Yeah. I usually say to families, you know, it's definitely one piece of it, but it's kind of that first piece that gets your foot in the door is that, is that score. Um, you know, it's in the grand scheme, it's not a huge factor, but it's, it needs to be there to get your foot in the door, at least yeah. over the threshold that they're looking for that minimum. Yeah. Can't even get in the room unless you have that SAT or GPA. So yeah. that's, that's going to be interesting to see kind of how they, how they respond. If they change that, that number. Yeah. yeah. But that probably won't happen for a while, just because everything's tied together with the medical schools too, like their minimum requirements. Mm -hmm. so is we won't see any quick movement on that, just because there's a lot of a lot of pieces that come into play. But I, I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong, just because yeah. you know they they could they could be thinking about this and responding pretty quick. I know for sure that it would should be a question that we begin to ask as we interview these programs in the future. You know. Yeah. Um, I know it's always a question that we do ask, you know, what's going on or how do you feel SATAC will things change? But um, I don't know if we've had the opportunity to ask anyone, any schools or programs that with this new change specifically. So. Yeah, I know I haven't. And that's actually a really good point too, that, and who knows if they know the answers to this either, mm -hmm. but that would be, I think a really good thing to start to ask them and try and get to the, the bottom line of, of just what's going on with the SAT in the future with them. Yeah, because I'm sure they're having those discussions too. I hope um, so. Definitely. Yeah. Anything awesome. else about the SAT? I don't think so. Um, no, I think, you know, if students are, you know, the biggest thing, practice, practice, practice um, is kind of my biggest advice. I think our collective biggest advice um, for prep is just practice, practice. Um, get as much exposure to it as you can to yeah. increase that level of comfortability. And usually the more comfortable you are, the better you do. Yeah, completely agree. And I'm assuming it's going to be the same that it's still like a test of details and like small little words in your answer mm -hmm. choices and in the you know little paragraph passages will change how you're responding to questions. So still be like actively learning as you're practicing so look back at your mistakes and you know try and figure out what you're doing wrong and then you can hopefully get that that top score that you need on the SAT all right well thanks everyone for joining us to talk about the new digital SAT um, next week on Sunday we'll talk a little bit more about how important is research on a resume